0: improve it peeps welcome to today's episode episode 168 of the improve it podcast today we are chatting with my new friend sandhya sudakar and Sandia is going to give us some fantastic information when it comes to understanding our self at work. Now, self at work is actually the name of Sandia's company, where she takes a trauma informed, inclusive approach to leadership development and well being at work. Through this company's self-at-work, Sandia helps leaders build meaningful connections with themselves, their teams, and their work so they can achieve breakthrough business results without burning out their employees or themselves. If you are a leader who wants to understand yourself, so that you can understand your teams on a more deeper, meaningful, tangible level. This three-part series is for you. So we are going to just dive right into this brilliant conversation with my friend Sandia right now. Let's get to improving it. Okay, I am So excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Improve It Podcast. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Okay, so this is how we met. I was trying to think back to this. So I posted on LinkedIn, anyone know any Enneagram experts? And I've got such a great community on this, this platform. And your name came up several times. And I said, "We have to meet. we have to connect." And so I was waiting for that perfect opportunity, and then this month on the podcast, we're talking about evolution and growth, and I thought, "What a perfect way to have a, to have our first meeting
1: by hitting records. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's just put it out there for the world to be a part of of this experience with us.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm like I'm thrilled to chat with you. I loved researching your background. I listened to some of your talks and you are just fantastic. So, let's set an intention for you and this show. What is you could say a one-word intention. What is one word that you want to give our listeners?
1: Oh, man. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I'm in between either tangible or like, I don't know, something about feeling seen, uh, connected, mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Let's go. I have let's to. go connect it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I like that. Okay. I like,
0: we'll do tangible connection. Perfect. Tangible connection. Perfect. That could be, that could work out. <laughs> okay. So we're talking all about evolution on the show this month and growth. And as leaders and professionals, we are just constantly evolving. And Oh, I loved this. St- I know your story, but the Improve It peeps don't know the story about how you came to the Enneagram, which we'll get to in just a minute. But in, in simple terms, what is the Enneagram for those who clicked on this show and have no clue what it's about?
1: Yeah. So it is a framework for growth. That is the the simplest way that I would explain it. And the maybe like slightly lower level of that is like underneath the surface. It's a, a framework for personality development. And so it helps us understand what is the why behind the way that we show up in the world. It's not about the behaviors or the characteristics or the traits. It's about the core motivation that in our best of best times and our worst of worst times is often in the driver's seat of our behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So
0: this is a tool and we'll talk about how you came to, to be this Enneagram expert and coach in just a minute, but this is a tool that can really help leaders understand their teams Can you go into depth a little bit about how you can use this personality test and evaluation to really expand your leadership capabilities?
1: Yeah, I think it's twofold. And everything that I have come to work on in my business with clients is there's an internal component and an external component. And so I think to have highly functioning, really connected teams we as leaders have to equip our people with tools and resources to develop their own emotional intelligence so how can people show up to an environment knowing themselves knowing their impact um working on things that they maybe want to to show up in a different way and how do we create the right environment for them to show up into that feels inclusive of their version of authenticity mm. so it's really kind of dual focus of like, starting with me, how do I show up? What do I want to work on? How do I I show up at my best as often as possible? And how do I show up into an environment where my way of doing things is accepted and leaning into like the superpowers that I bring into the world? There's a place for that.
0: Mm, I love that. That tangible connection is coming out. Okay. So, okay, let's just jump into it because I love this story of how your company Self at Work came to be. I read all up on this, but (laughs) could you give our audience, we call ourselves the Improve It Peeps, just a high-level overview of the journey to creating Self at Work? How, How did you create Self at Work?
1: Yeah, I like to say that my business found me. Um, I was a, you know, your box checking corporate ladder climbing high achieving um, woman. And I ran into some circumstances where I, for the first time in my life, was like really confused about what was going on inside of my body and felt out of control. Um, I had a, a relationship that was really challenging and I had just gone through two different acquisitions in, a, in the span of a couple of years and found myself really not connected to the work I was doing, not motivated, um, just feeling kind of empty. And it was something that I had never experienced before in my life because I love work. And so I quit it all. I quit life and I went and traveled and went on a sabbatical. <laughs> and- yes. Wait, how long was the sabbatical? We need to know this. It was supposed to be 4 months and then I was going to come back and work on my resume and get like a real adult job but it turned into 7 months because while I was on one of my trips I just realized like I'm having too much fun and this is too great and I'm not ready to go back yet and I ended up on my last trip I came back on like March 14th of 2020 uh. um straight into lockdown so it was uh. kind of <laughs> Quite a roller coaster. Wait, where were you coming from? I was coming from Costa Rica. So I came back to Chicago um, and hunkered down. (laughs) Uh, But while I was traveling, I was doing things and I promised myself this, that, you know, when I was on this sabbatical, I was going to just do things that I loved, that I was interested in. I wasn't going to like think about what's next or look for a job or work on my resume. I was going to just do me. And then when I came back home to Chicago, I would like figure out the other stuff. And in doing all of this and just doing things that excited me and that I loved and that I was super interested in, on one of my trips, I did an anagram workshop for you know, 15 strangers from around the world, just for fun, because that's how I am. <laughs> I love like <laughs> a psychology nerd, a personal development nerd, I love to like, create experiences for people and plan trips. And so it just like all the things I love to do came together. And I recognize how exciting it was for me and how energizing it was for me. And then everybody else was like, talking about this workshop for the rest of our like trip together. And so I, I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, I think there might be something here, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And wait, okay, so you taught the workshop. You had experienced Enneagram before. You had seen it work at, in your life. Okay, and you come back. Then what happens once you're hunkered down and you're like, you saw this epiphany?
1: Yeah, I came back Um, and actually, so I started just sharing Enneagram with people, right. It was that early COVID time when people, we were having zoom happy hours and whatever. So I did like some Enneagram workshops for like friends that we would like get together on zoom during COVID and, you know, have our drinks and chat and, um, and one of the people on that trip to Bali that, um, that was in the workshop that I did was the CEO of a travel company and said, hey, do you want to come do this for my team? And so my first client found me. (laughs) And so a couple months later, I started working with Enneagram with Teams, helping people really get to know each other at a really deep level, helping um, people articulate like what is the thing underneath the surface that really motivates each individual differently? How can they speak to that, share that? How do you talk about how your team can support you? And I I find and I found over the course of as this has evolved, key theme word here, right, that so much of what this is about is language, mm-hmm. having the words to articulate and express things that like you always known, but you just didn't necessarily like put it into words or share it with people and context of how am I and how are other people? So like just having the language and having the context is like, it opens up these doors for conversation that we just don't get to um, proactively in our normal team operations and day to day.
0: Yes. Okay. And so self at work was born. You have been doing this with teams all over Chicago, all over the US. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, I've worked with a couple of teams internationally um, over Zoom, beats, yep. um, all around the country. And yeah, it's 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 just kind of, I'm riding the wave. <laughs> I love it. And it started actually
0: internationally in Bali, which is fascinating. That is true. You know what? Things just find you like that. How freaking cool. I want a seven-month sabbatical. Can we talk <laughs> about that? That's You're coming back yeah. on the show. How to give yourself a seventh month sabbatical, even, you know what, I'm a, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, like we could figure this out, right? How we could do this with our team sets next. Okay, you're coming back for that next. But yes, totally. <laughs> so, okay, so the Enneagram for has nine different personality types. Is that right?
1: Yes, there's nine types. And it's kind of like, core, um, each person has a dominant type. So that is the one type that is most true to you, not necessarily based on the behaviors or the traits or the things you see on Instagram, but based on that core motivation, the core fears, the core desires, the real human stuff. And that stays with you for your whole life. But how we express that motivation changes depending on if we're really stressed and exhausted or if we're in a really good place in our life or if we've experienced trauma or if we've gone to therapy and done some work on certain parts of ourselves. So we change and evolve and grow. That core motivation stays the same, but it's about like, do I have more agency in how I express it versus kind of falling into a patterned kind of reactive way of expressing it?
0: Mm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So when we first connected, I had taken a uh, Enneagram test years ago, confirmed I was a three. And then knowing we were going to have this this call today, I took it again yesterday. And I took it on truity.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. I will ask you later. I want to know where you take your Enneagram tests. But for the purpose of this, I have confirmed that I am a three wing seven and you are a three wing two. So can you break this down (laughs) in the simplest terms and tell the listeners, what does this mean? What does being a three mean? And we'll just start there because there's nine different personality types. We don't have time to break down all nine today. But if we could start with a three, what does it mean to be a three?
1: Yeah, well, and first, let me just say, so a wing is on either side of the number of your dominant type. So if you're a three, you can have a two wing or a four wing. But technically, in the framework of the Enneagram, you can't have a seven wing. Now, you might really relate to the seven and and feel really connected to the 70 parts of the three. Um, so anyway, we could break we could break that down for you uh, later. But the three is success oriented, um, image focused. Some of this stuff is great. Some of it's you know a little mm-hmm. makes you mm-hmm. cringe, right? We'll do it. Give us the real deal. We
0: need it. We need it. Yeah. Real and true around here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So success oriented, image focused, um, a doer, a get shit doneer. <laughs> um, super efficient and effective at what they do. And so there's this um, idea, the core motivation is it's to be valuable and to be worthwhile and to be successful and to be seen successful. And so they're great at understanding expectations. They use this kind of social intelligence to say, I know what everybody wants me to be when I walk in a room and I can be that. And I can be that like really efficiently. I know exactly how to get straight to the outcome of that. And so it's an excellent thing where you have goals to meet, right? And it's like, I can get to the goal really efficiently. Um, I know how to do that. It can be a challenging thing when we're really driven by expectations of others And we're not aware of that. And so we kind of go down these paths or shape shift ourselves to fit into different scenarios almost unconsciously and kind of like lose a little bit of our own authenticity. Not to say being fake, but like being able to kind of be different people in different rooms. And when you're doing that actively or like intentionally, that's great. But when you're kind of losing yourself in that process, that can be where like being a type three is really challenging.
0: I am super here for this and all of this. I mean, listen, she went on a self-healing journey in 2022, 2023, and people pleasing was at the forefront of that problem. Okay. And that is just when reading the description of of our Enneagram type, oh my God. It's so true. It helps me understand my own core motivations, which I know could be so valuable for a leader to see the personality types or the Enneagram types of their team members. You can learn how to effectively manage and lead and coach them through this process, which I'm super here for, and which is what you're helping teams do, right?
1: Yeah, I had uh, two different teams recently where one one of the leaders as soon as we finished the session, she was like looking at her like pages of notes, right, where she was writing down each person's type and kind of what the motivation is. And she's like, yeah, some things really landed for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, now I see why we butt heads on this one thing all the time, or why this person does so much better with like cleared structure. And this person does better with like messiness or, you know, all these different things. And I had another one um, recently where she was actually going through a restructure and she started to move people into different roles based on the things that they said were most supportive or allow them to do their best work. And she's like, this is going to be so much better because I realized I had people in roles that wanted messiness that had a lot of structure in that role and vice versa, or um, this is a white space. And so there aren't clear expectations. And so somebody who should be, in that wants to be in the muck and in the complexity of figuring those things out. So it was just like a really cool to have that stuff reflected back and see you can make real decisions based on this. And I wouldn't say make a decision based on someone's number, right? Make a decision based on them and what they're articulating to you that they need and how they thrive. But you can really like see a lot of return from having these conversations. Mm. So freaking cool. So
0: cool. And when you think to of, or you think about a leader in your own life who probably has paved the way for you in terms of great leadership, I think about, I think of two leaders in my own personal life. One who I think really understood my personality and the way to lead it. The other who did the opposite. And it was was night and day and how I wanted and how I personally showed up for this person and for my job. Because on one hand, the person who understood it, I felt seen, heard and valued, which is all about this connection piece, this tangible connection piece we're talking about. And on the other hand, I felt misunderstood and I felt like I was just another cog in the wheel and I didn't matter. And even though I was throwing myself into this job, it was never valued and so this personality i don't want to call it a, is it a personality assessment is that the right phrase
1: yeah, yes. yeah okay that's an accurate way for sure yes to describe it
0: okay so, this episode just gave us this deeper understanding of how our core motivations can help us develop as leaders. And if you were listening to today's episode and have not taken the Enneagram, Take a Google, you can go to truity.com, you can Google Enneagram test results or Enneagram testing on your Google platform. Take this test, take this assessment and see where you land on the Enneagram scale. This is all about evolution and all about growth. So investing not only in today's episode, but in yourself and in your self-growth is huge. I want to encourage you to understand where you fall on the Enneagram scale. So that is your homework for today. Come back for part two of this three-part series, episode 169. We have a great show for you all about the biggest challenges with this assessment. I'll see you back here for episode 169 with Sandhya Sudhakar. Hey friend, did you enjoy today's show? If so, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, did I mention that when you leave a five-star review of the Improve It podcast, an actual team of humans does a happy dance? Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. So leave a review for us on iTunes, screenshot it and send me an email at info at I'll send you a personalized video back as a thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Improve it, peeps. I'll see you next Wednesday.